Have you ever felt like you were going crazy trying to survive in this world as a Christian? From denying your flesh and not hauling off on someone that pushes you a little too far to learning how to bring up Jesus in a conversation without being called judgmental. Yeah, I get it. It's been hard for me too. But each week we get to dive deep into these conversations that most believers won't ever talk about and hopefully provide encouragement, healing, and knowledge where it's due. It's time to draw the curtains and bring some things to the light. We're getting real, raw, and true. This is Christian Girl in a Godless World with Dominique Duar. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? Man, I have missed you all so much. It has been so, so long since I have done an episode it's been a lot going on this year with me guys like you would not even imagine um it's it's been rough it's been really rough for me um but it's also been great I I I really believe that the Lord has been so good even in the midst of my struggle and strife and um just the trials and tribulations that I've been through the last few months um God has been amazing. You know, he has never left my side. He's never failed me. He has been right by my side. And I'm, I'm happy to be back here with you guys to just talk about all things regarding the Lord. This is what this podcast was about, is about talking about Christian things and, um, and matters going on in our country and our world. And, you know, just talking about the things that most people don't talk about as Christians. You know, the things that uh, most people get uncomfortable with talking about this is what this show is all about so with that being said I'm gonna go ahead and just jump right in into today's topic because this is gonna be a good one y'all this is gonna be a really good one God has really been talking to me about um, this particular topic and I really believe it's important for us as Christians to discuss because I think it's a lot of misconceptions about it and what I'm referring to is um, the fact that being a Christian if you just remain a good person will that you know get you into heaven will that get you brownie points with God if you just be a good person don't do anything bad in life um, does that you know, give you a ticket into heaven. And I think a lot of people have misconceptions about this idea of what it means to be good and um, what does that entail. And I really want to break that down and, you know, really come from the word of God also about what the Lord says about our righteousness and our goodness and what that means. So I first want to start off by saying that to really debunk a huge misconception about there being good people in the world. Let me let me just go ahead and kind of bust your bubble about it. There is not one good person on this planet. Not one. All of us are bad. And I know that sounds bad. Maybe you're thinking, what you mean? I'm not a bad person. I have not done anything wrong to anybody. I haven't done anything. You know, I've, I've been nice to people. I open up doors for people. I don't, I haven't killed anybody or stealed anything or, you know, I don't do any of that. 
You know, you may be thinking all of these things right now as soon as I said that. You know, it may have triggered you or, you know, just made you feel like I was crazy for saying that. But I mean that in every way possible. There is not one good person on this planet. None of us are good, even me. I'm not a good person. I'm not. And yeah, I have not, you know, done bad things, you know, in the eyes of, you know, how we view what's good and bad based on our flesh and based on the world and based on society as far as killing and doing stuff like that. Yeah, but according to the word of God, I'm bad. You're bad. We're all bad. And this is exactly why we need Jesus. So we have to go ahead and debunk this thing to say that all I got to do is be a good person, be a textbook definition of what it means to be good. And I'm all good with God. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to get into heaven. This, you know, I just got to be morally good, morally correct. We're going to debunk all of that today because it's completely wrong. And I used to think that way. But the Holy Spirit had to really begin to reveal himself to me and show me like, no, this is not it. That's not it. Okay. So the first scripture that I really want to highlight to really kind of describe what it is that I'm saying is coming from Isaiah 64, 6 through 8. And that says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, our righteous deeds means good deeds. When we show that, uh, you know, we've done good things in this earth and we've done good things for people and, and whatever like that. They are nothing but filthy rags. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Our righteous deeds, our good deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. And like autumn leaves, we wither and fall. And our sins sweep us away like the wind. Man, just think about that. Think about, you know, you know, we're coming into fall season now and, and the leaves are going to start falling and changing color. So like those autumn leaves, we wither and we fall. We fall right off the tree and then we die. Those leaves die. Okay. So, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. So our sins, they take us away. They sweep us. They pull us away from God. Yet no one calls on your name and your means God's name or pleads with you for your mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. So if we don't, you know, if we don't give ourselves to God, then God will will leave us to our own devices. Right. If we don't accept him, if we don't turn away from our sins, God is going to be like, okay, I'm going to let you do what you want to do because you don't want to accept me. And yet, oh, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. So even in the midst of us not being righteous and being infected and impure with sin, all of us. So even if you have not done the textbook definition of bad things, you are still infected. You are still impure with sin. And, and let me tell you why that is. So you're, you may be thinking, well, I haven't done phys- these physical things to show that I'm a bad person. Like I've only, the, the good things that I've done, they've been physical things. But let me ask you something. How is your heart? What are the things that you think about? What thoughts do you have? Do you have evil thoughts? Do you have 
angry thoughts? Do you have mean thoughts? You know, what emotions do you harbor in your heart? Do you harbor anger, frustration, irritation? You know, when somebody cuts you off, you know, when you're on the expressway, when you're on the road, somebody cuts you off. What are your emotions in that situation? Do you feel angry? Do you feel like you want to curse them out? Let me tell you, all of those thoughts, all of those emotions, those make us evil. So people think that our the evilness and, and bad just comes from physical things and, and physical actions, but they come from what's in our heart. They come from our emotions. They come from our inner thoughts. Okay? So those things make us evil. So think about it. If you have, if you have trouble controlling your thoughts or controlling what comes out of your mouth, you know, and you feel like you, you think a lot of negative things and you say the wrong things a lot, that makes you evil. And this is why we need Jesus, right? So this is what we're saying. God is saying it doesn't matter how many good things you do. Your righteousness is still like a filthy rag. It's still not good enough to cover you. It's still not good enough to just get you access into heaven. You know, and a lot of Christians think that. They think, oh, if I just do every all of these laws and I just do, you know, everything the word of God is saying, I follow every raw, every law and rule, then I'll get into heaven. You know, everything will be all right. You know what I'm saying? Even if I haven't changed my heart, even if I still think evil about people and I harbor anger and frustration or hate in my heart, as long as I follow the rules and and everything the word of God says, then I'll be okay. No, you're still evil. Okay. Next scripture, Ecclesiastes 7 and 20. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. We all sin. It's not, not one of us here. Not one of us. Okay. And just to really get into a really good scripture, Romans 3, 22 through 25. And I know everybody has heard this one, but this one is good. And it, and it just wraps it all together. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So the word of God is saying right here, this is the only way that we can be remotely good is if we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus, which means what? If you are a good person, that is not enough to help you to enter the kingdom of God. You have to be right with God and place your faith in him. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, okay, for you to be able to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, for everyone has sinned. We've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. So even though we've sinned, y'all, we have sinned, we all have sinned, but God's grace makes us right in his sight. And how did he do, do, how did he do this? He did this through Christ Jesus. When he freed us from the penalty of our sins and and the the way that he did that was by dying on the cross for us. That is how we were be able, how we were able to be made right with God by Jesus sacrificing himself, taking the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have life. Otherwise we would all be dead right now. And it's for the simple fact that we're all evil. Even those of us who, who love God deeply 
and, and we and we we preach the gospel and we preach the word of God and we try to encourage people and bring them to Jesus. Even us, we still struggle with with evil thoughts. Or we we may not always say the same, always say the right things. And this is what I mean. We are all evil. This is why we need Jesus. But guess what? Because of his sacrifice, we don't have to die for our sins. Think about how they were in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when people would sin, they would use animal sacrifices. God would tell them to sacrifice an animal, you know, a lamb or a goat, whatever. He would tell them to sacrifice the animal and present the animal to him so that they can be forgiven for their sins. And the animal would take the place of the person who sinned. The animal would take the penalty, right? So that's how people would, you know go to God and ask for forgiveness because back then when you sinned in the Old Testament you died automatically you were put to death but in the New Testament because of Jesus sacrifice we were automatically redeemed for our sins everyone we were redeemed because Jesus bore that ultimate sacrifice he decided to take that fall for us take the L you know we we like to say that today he took the L for us so that we didn't have to die. Because guess what? If Jesus hadn't have done that, we'd be dead right now. We wouldn't even be born. So it's just it's just amazing to think about that, okay? And just to read the rest of this um, scripture. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. He presented him as a sacrifice for sin. It's, it's exactly what I said. People are made right with God. When they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. So God was being fair and he didn't have to be fair, you know, but he did it because he loved us and he still loves us, you know, and I I truly believe that if he were crucified again, he would die for us all over. He would do it all over again because he loves us that much. So, you know, really, we have to understand that it's not enough to just be a good person. We have to give Jesus our heart. We have to give him our lives. So we have to definitely stop spreading the misconception that all we got to do is just You know, fulfill all of these commandments and fulfill God's law. Yeah, that's good and all of that. God cares about us, you know, keeping his commandments, but he cares even more about our hearts. He cares even more about, you know, how we're serving him, how we're living our lives. Have we given him our entire heart and our entire life? Because if we haven't, then just following commandments and rules does absolutely nothing because God will look at you and be like, okay, you did all of this good works, but I don't know you, you know, but that's not, you know, just, just doing everything or following every rule to a T. It doesn't get you any brownie points with God. It doesn't, it doesn't get us any, any special treatment because we follow all of the commandments. No, we have to have the whole package, you guys. You know, it's not, it's, it's so much deeper than just being a good person because, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of good people going to hell because they haven't accepted Jesus. They haven't given him their lives, especially if they know of Jesus. But they just said, you know, yeah, I know of God, but I'm not, I'm just going to do me. 
I'm going to do me. I'm going to just be a good person. All I got to do is just be a good person and then, you know, Jesus, Jesus will accept me. No, you have to give him your life, every aspect of your life. You have to spend your life serving him and not serving yourself, not serving your worldly pleasures and your worldly desires. You have to give all of that up. You have to give every single bit of that up, okay? Because he's more important. He is so much more important than any other thing that you could ever want or desire in this world. So we have to understand that it it's not by our good works. Our good works means nothing to God. It's the right our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Just think about that line. Meditate on that. Because we we can't just think that we can just do good things and just do you know, perform good acts, and then that's it. No, we have to, it, it has to be a heart posture. Our hearts have to be postured towards God and towards his will, because a lot of people can do good things for selfish reasons, and a lot of us have. I know I have. I have most certainly done good things for selfish reasons, and it didn't serve God at all. It served me and what I wanted, and we have to understand that it's not about God. We don't do these things just to say, oh yeah, God, I did all of this. Yeah, you know, let me get into heaven. Let me come up here with you. No, giving Jesus our lives is so much more than just getting into heaven, y'all. It's about a relationship. We have to have a relationship with God. We have to be able to desire a relationship. I remember just believing that, you know, all I had to do was be a good person. And, you know, if, if as long as I was a good person, the Lord was going to just accept me into heaven. But no, he totally convicted my heart and he changed my heart about that to say, no, I want you to have a relationship with me. I want you to get to know me and to get to know my heart. OK, and then also just one more scripture to really, you know, challenge us. OK, Matthew 6 verse 21 wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will also be so this is that's that's an even deeper scripture because it is telling us that if our heart is you know if our heart is not with God where is it you know if if all you want out of this life is to be rich is to be famous is to have people know your name is to have that house and that car and every other worldly possession that you can think of. If that's where your heart is, then that's it. That's that's your reward in this life. There's You won't have nothing else waiting for you when you die because you've gotten it all while you were here on earth. But if you give Jesus your heart, you will receive the ultimate reward and it's not going to be anything materialistic. It's not going to be anything that you can touch or anything that you can take with you. But when you leave this earth, when you die, you're going to receive the ultimate reward of eternal life and to spend eternity with Jesus. Y'all, I don't know about you, but that's to me, that's better than any materialistic thing I can obtain on this earth. Like, I don't have a desire for anything else here. I, I, I've done everything that I pretty much wanted to do. You know, I've, I've partied, I've drank, I've slept around. I did whatever I wanted to do with people, but that didn't satisfy me. That left me empty. 
And once you have a desire for something deeper and and a desire for something more in your heart, that stuff gets old, okay? All of that partying and drinking and getting drunk and and doing crazy stuff, that stuff gets old because you're like, no, I need something more out of my life. Is this really what I'm supposed to do in my life is just be here, go to work, work a nine to five, and then just party, drink, and club and do all other crazy things? What, what am I doing? How am I operating in, in gifts and, and, and the purpose that God put me here for? You know, we really have to sit and think about how we're living our lives and how we're spending our time. Is God getting the glory? Because we have to remember he created us. He created us. And he created us to give him glory, not the other way around. God didn't put us here for us, for us to get what we wanted. For us to obtain all of this materialistic things. He put us here to serve him. And that's that's what we have to realize. And I think a lot of Christians have lost that. Because they they have, uh, you know, began to attach themselves to, you know, these, these churches that preach this po- prosperity gospel. About, you know, God is going to bless you with health and wealth and, and healing. You know, you can get whatever you want as long as you do this. You have to do this for God and then he'll do this for you. Like, it's... It's so toxic and demonic. And we have to come from under that. Because that's not the true gospel. You know, God's, God's love is, is unconditional. But it also comes from us making a change. To give up all of the sin. Give up everything that's ungodly. Everything that's worldly. Give it all up to accept Jesus. And to accept his will and his purpose for our lives. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you do. It doesn't matter if you gave all of your money to a homeless person. If your heart is not for Jesus, then all you did was just give your money away. And now you broke. You know what I'm saying? It has to be more than just doing something good for somebody. Where's your heart in the process? If you're just doing something good to get something in return, that's not genuine. That's fake. So we have to be able to understand the difference between the two. And we can't just use God. And a lot of Christians right now are using God for their own personal gains. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to church, but I'm only going to church because I want God to bless me with this house. I want God to bless me with this car. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this. You know, I'm going to participate in church. I'm going to participate in, you know, uh, giving money to the homeless or you know, participating in these different ministries in church because I know that if I do these good works and I, you know, that God, you know, he'll accept me. No, you're going to have a rude awakening because that's not how it works. You know, God sees the works that you're doing, but he's looking at your heart too. He's looking past that into your heart. And if your heart is not for him, if your heart is not genuine, then he don't care what you're doing. He does. He could care less about the works that you do. So I really felt like this was a really important um, episode just to break this down because I I feel like so many Christians have it wrong. And God wants his children to know the truth that we we cannot just think that all it takes, you know, to, to, to receive the kingdom of heaven is just to be good. It has to be deeper. We have to have a true relationship with God. And our heart has to be postured towards serving him and giving our lives totally to him. Okay, so if you have struggled in this area, trust me, I've been there. 
You know, I've been the worldly person that just did stuff to get something in return from God. I get it. I'm not even judging you. I'm not faulting you. But I'm challenging you to repent, first of all. Just repent. And ask the Lord to forgive you, you know, for not doing things the right way. And ask him to lead you to the truth. Ask him to accept you. Accept your heart. Open up your heart to God. When you truly open up your heart to him, he's going he's gonna to receive you. But you have to be genuine. You have to be, it has to be nothing else that matters but God. If there's anything else in your heart, then, you know, God, he can't, he can't do anything with that. He has to see a heart that is desperate for him in order for him to, to make the moves and to, to do everything that he wants to do in you. But he can't do it if you're not willing. So I, I encourage you all just to totally seek God. You know, if, if you have fallen in this area, if you felt like you've just been living your life, just doing good works and thinking that's all, that was it. That's all I got to do. But you haven't truly given your life to Jesus. You haven't truly given your heart to Jesus. This is the time to do it. You know, we don't have a lot of time left. This is the time to truly give your life to God. And I promise you, if you truly do it, if you truly open up your heart, if you are willing and humble and submitted, he's going to receive you. And it's going to be beautiful. And he's going to be able to get the glory through your life to help touch other people and bring them closer to him. Because this is what it's all about. You know, we have to be in place so we can be disciples enough to bring others towards God, okay? So I hope this encouraged you all. I'm gonna go ahead and do a quick prayer and then I'm gonna be out of here. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you so much for just being a God who just loves us in spite of all the evil and wickedness that we are, God. All of us are evil. None of us are good. The word of God says you are the only one that's good. You're the only one, Father. But we thank you that you sacrificed yourself, that you did not let us die because of our sin, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you bore all of the pain and suffering on the cross on Calvary, Father, so that we may that that we may be may be able to have a chance at redemption and have a chance at life, Lord. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you so much, God. We will never be able to comprehend what you've done for us, Lord. So we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. And we ask that you would just come into our hearts right now, Father God, so that we may be able to receive you, Lord, and truly give our lives to you, Jesus. Forgive us if we have strayed. Forgive us if we have pursued selfish pleasures and worldly pleasures in this world, Father God. And we ask that you give us the strength to be able to release those things to you, Lord, so that we can only seek out spiritual things, Father God, that will help to grow us in the purpose and plan and will that you have for our lives, Father God. And we just come against the enemy and all of his attacks, Father God, all of his lies telling us that all we have to do is be good and that we can desire all of these worldly things and it'll be okay, Father God. We know that is a lie from the pit of hell. So we cast those lies down 
down, Father God, and we embrace the truth of your word, Father God, which says that if we seek you wholeheartedly, we will find you, Jesus. So help us, Father God, incline our hearts to be able to hear you and to seek you more than we ever have before, Jesus. I pray that every person under the sound of my voice will come to have a thirst and a hunger and a deep desire for you more than they ever have before, Father God. Even right now, I pray that you begin to stir them in the spirit to be able to hunger more of your spirit and your heart to know you intimately, to know you deeply, Jesus, because there is nothing better than knowing you and living for you, Father God. So I I pray that you encourage them, Lord, just continue to speak to them whichever way that they may, may be able to hear you and understand you, Father God, that they will just be open to hearing whatever it is that you have to say, God. Continue to cover them and protect them, Father God, and we love you. We honor you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And it is in your precious son's name that we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I pray it encouraged you. You know, really, you know, just let it sink in and process. It's a pretty heavy topic. But I, you know, I believe the Lord is really speaking about this. Because he wants his children to just come out of agreement with all of these lies and come into the truth. But I love you guys and I will talk to you soon. Bye.